It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do, that's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Thursday, May 5th, 2022. Coming up this hour. U.S. stocks have their best day in two years after Jay Powell indicates a 75 basis point hike is not in the cards. The Bank of England is expected to raise rates to the highest level in 13 years. And Warren Buffett raises his bet on one oil giant. A majority of New Yorkers disapprove of Mayor Adams' handling on crime. Plus, Secretary of State Antony Blinken tests positive for COVID. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stashauer in sports. The Yankees' 11-game win streak came to an end. The Mets also lost the Rangers and Penguins. Play game two at the Garden tonight. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 1061 Boston, Bloomberg 960 San Francisco, Sirius XM 119, and around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. Hey, good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow, and U.S. stock index futures are falling this morning. We're coming up to 501 on Wall Street, and we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day. On Bloomberg, S&P futures down 31 points, Dow futures down 166, and NASDAQ futures down 122. The DAX in Germany is higher, up 1.4%. Ten-year Treasury down 5.30 seconds, yield 2.95%. Yield on the two-year, 2.67%. Nathan. Karen, the pullback in stock futures follows yesterday's Fed-fueled rally. In his news conference after the Fed's 50 basis point rate hike, Chairman Jay Powell indicated another 50, not 75, was on the table for the next meeting. 75 basis point uh, increase is not something the committee is actively considering. Assuming that economic and financial conditions evolve, in, in ways that are consistent with our expectations. There's a broad sense on the committee that additional 50 basis increases should be on, 50 basis point increases should be on the table for the next couple of meetings. That comment by Fed Chair Powell fueled a huge rally in markets. Treasury yields dropped. Stocks rallied the most in two years. The S&P 500 surged 3%, while the tech-heavy Nasdaq rose 3.2%. Jason Brady is CEO of Thornburg Investment Management. 
Yeah. I actually expected 75 yeah. to be on the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, he took it off the table. I think the markets were pricing in uh, very hawkish, mm-hmm. and you couldn't out-hawk the market. So obviously the reaction markets has been that this is a little bit more dovish. And Thornburg Investment Management CEO Jason Brady says he thinks yesterday's rally is not sustainable. Well, Nathan, reaction is still pouring into Powell, pushing back against a larger 75 basis point increase. And we get the very latest live from Bloomberg's John Tucker. John. And good morning, Karen. At Grant Thornton, the chief economist there, Diane Swang, says the Fed is operating in a new paradigm. The Fed is now in the position where they're focused on inflation and employment is secondary. That is a very different equation than we've seen the Fed in for a very, very long time. And Scott Minard, the chief investment officer at Guggenheim, says going back to the 1930s, the Fed has never been able to reduce inflation by more than two and a half percentage points without inducing a recession. So even if we don't get close to the 2% target, it's very likely that we will have some kind of an economic slowdown well before we get to the uh, the desired inflation target. And further hikes of 50 basis points are on the table for June and July. Still traders interpret the day's events as slightly dovish. Live in New York, I'm John Tucker, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, John, thanks. Up next, an important policy decision in Europe this morning. Let's get the very latest live from Bloomberg's Ewan Potts. Good morning, Ewan. Good morning, Nathan and Karen. On the eve of the 25th anniversary of the Bank of England's independence, the UK's central bank is set to raise rates today to 1%, its fourth straight interest rate hike. The BOE will also lay out how it intends to take uncharted steps to unwind more than a decade of bond purchases. Governor Andrew Bailey will have to balance efforts to contain inflation at a 30-year high against the risk of squeezing the economy too hard. In London, Ewan Potts, Bloomberg Radio Europe. All right, Ewan, thank you. Well, there's also an OPEC meeting today. OPEC and its allies are expected to ratify another small increase in oil production. Their meeting comes just one day after the EU announced its plan for a phased ban on Russian crude. And checking prices right now, NYMEX crude oil is up about two-tenths percent or 15 cents at $107.96 a barrel. And Brent is up four-tenths percent at $110.56. Well, oil prices at historic highs, Karen, have lawmakers appointing antitrust laws at OPEC, a key Senate committee is expected to approve legislation that would allow the U.S. to sue the cartel for manipulating energy markets. The vote by the Senate Judiciary Committee today would pave the way for full Senate consideration. Well, staying in the oil patch, Nathan, Warren Buffett increasing his bet on one big energy company. And we get the latest live from Bloomberg's Renita Young. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Karen. Berkshire Hathaway had already built up a roughly 14.6% holding of Occidental Petroleum's common stock. And now Warren Buffett is snapping up about 5.9 million more shares of the oil giant. A filing shows the shares were bought this week at prices ranging from about 56 to $58 a piece. And it's trading just above 61 this this morning. Now, Occidental was the best performing stock in the S&P 500 during the first quarter, and it's seen its shares benefit from Buffett's purchases and higher oil prices driven by the war in Ukraine. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Renita, thanks. Let's turn to what's happening on the ground in Ukraine now. Civilian evacuations continue out of the war-ravaged city of Mariupol. In his latest video address, President Vladimir Zelensky says 344 people have gotten out, even as heavy fighting continues at a steel plant in the city. The Pentagon says Russia is getting bogged down in eastern and southern Ukraine, and Sweden's foreign minister met with Secretary of State Antony Blinken. She says the U.S. is offering security assurances to Sweden and Finland as they apply to join NATO. 
Well, the other big political story we continue to follow, Nathan, is abortion rights. And the head of the CDC, Dr. Rochelle Walensky, is weighing in. She warns of more deaths if the leaked Supreme Court ruling on Roe v. Wade stands. And Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has more. Dr. Walensky says she fears that there could be an atmosphere where there's much less medical supervision for people taking things into their own hands. And she says it will lead to unequal access to the procedure because people with less funds will not be able to cross state lines. Tied to that, abortion rights groups took over $12 million over the 24 hours following the leak of the initial Roe v. Wade decision draft. And Planned Parenthood says it saw a 650% increase in online actions in San Francisco. I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. Okay, Ed, thanks. S&P futures are lower by 30 points after yesterday's rally. Dow futures down 167. NASDAQ futures on the decline by 119 points. Stay, uh, straight ahead, your latest local headlines and a check of sports. This is Bloomberg. It's now 507 on Wall Street. We're at 58 degrees in Central Park. We got an accident in Nassau County. Old Country Road's closed by Meadowbrook Parkway. Details coming up in traffic. First, Michael Barr's here with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. A majority of New Yorkers say they disapprove of Mayor Eric Adams' handling of crime in the five boroughs, a reversal from three months ago. According to a new Quinnipiac University poll, only 37% approve of Adams' handling of crime, while 54% disapprove. In February, 49% approved of Adams' performance on crime. The news comes as two men were shot and killed in midtown Manhattan overnight. Police are searching for three suspects for the shooting at 37th and 9th Avenue. Meanwhile, Mayor Adams is urging New Yorkers to trade the pajamas for lunch near their workplaces. Adams says that's the way metropolitan economies function properly. He spoke during a panel discussion at the Milken Institute Global Conference in Beverly Hills, California. State Department spokesman Ed Price says Secretary of State Antony Blinken is quarantining. Secretary Blinken has tested positive uh, for COVID. Uh, The good news is that he is fully vaccinated. He is boosted. uh, He is experiencing only mild symptoms. Spokesman Ned Price says Blinken will work from home in the coming days. Blinken had to postpone a key China policy speech that had been scheduled for today. He attended the White House Correspondents Association dinner on Saturday. No word yet on who leaked the Supreme Court draft opinion on abortion rights. Chief Justice John Roberts has called for an internal investigation. Meanwhile, President Biden is not mincing words about a draft document, with the majority voting to overturn Roe v. Wade. What are the next things that are going to be attacked? Because this MAGA crowd is really the most extreme political organization that's existed in American history, in recent American history. The president spoke to reporters at an event on the economy and the deficit. We're learning Donald Trump Jr. was interviewed as part of a House Select Committee's investigation of last year's riot at the U.S. Capitol. He's the latest member of former President Trump's family to be questioned. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. Okay, Michael, thanks.
509 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Good morning, John Stanshower. Good morning, Nathan. The Yankees' first loss since April 21st in Toronto. They got an early home run from Joey Gallo. Nothing after that. And the 11-game winning streak ended 2-1. to Esther Cortez gave up a Matt Chapman home run, took his first loss. Michael King and Clay Holmes followed Cortez and threw four hitless innings of relief. Both those guys have ERAs under one. Day off today. Yanks back home tomorrow to play Texas. Mets tonight in Philadelphia. They lost to Atlanta 9-2. A scoreless game going to the sixth inning when the Braves erupted for seven runs. Tyler McGill in his first start since he got the win in the Mets no-hitter suffered his first loss. They split the four-game series, the first series this season that the Mets have failed to win. NBA playoffs, Miami and Phoenix are the top seeds. They both won at home. They both lead their series two zips. Stanley Cup playoffs, three series are now tied to one. After wins by Tampa Bay, Minnesota, and Edmonton, Carolina again beat Boston. Now up 2-0. The Hurricanes have outscored the Bruins in their five games this season, 26-4. Two nights after the first triple overtime game played at Madison Square Garden in 51 years. Rangers and Penguins will be back at it tonight for Game 2. Rangers coach Gerard Gallant asked about losing a Game 1 heartbreaker. It would be harder if we were playing Colorado, who's probably the best team in the league and, and you lose five nothing like games like that where you know you're saying to your team how are we going to get back from this we play the we're playing a very good team who i think anybody can win this series the better team's going to win this series and it's going to be a battle so you know what it's one game you get over it and you move on here's the pittsburgh goalie tonight will be louis domingue who's never started a playoff game before he came off the bench the other night when the starter casey de smith got hurt John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? Okay, John, thanks. We're looking at uh, S&P futures this morning after the Fed-fueled rally. Bit of pullback this morning with S&P futures now down 27 points. Dow futures down 154. NASDAQ futures higher by 97 points. But European stocks continue to surge with the Bank of England uh, getting ready for a bank decision in uh, less than two hours. Stay with us. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather, partly mostly sunny today with highs in the low 70s. Scattered showers possible tomorrow with highs in the low 60s. We'll be in the mid-50s with rain ending Saturday afternoon. 58 currently. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. And U.S. stock index futures are lower this morning. European stocks are climbing. This amid a bout of investor relief after the Federal Reserve raised interest rates as expected to tackle high inflation while countering fears of supersized hikes. But again, futures this morning are moving lower. S&P futures down about 26 points. Dow futures down 147. And NASDAQ futures down 93. The DAX in Germany is up 1.5%. The 10-year Treasury down 5.30 seconds, yield 2.95%. Yield on the two-year, 2.67%. NYMEX crude oil, it's little change at $107.78 a barrel. COMEX gold up 1.4%, up $26.30 at $18.95, 10 an ounce. The euro, 1.0598 against the dollar. British pound, 1.2557. And the yen is at 129.71. Checking Bitcoin this morning, it's moving lower, down about 7 tenths percent at $39,550. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael, good morning. 
Good morning, Karen. Ukrainian forces say they repelled Russian attacks in the east and recaptured some territory. Even as Moscow moved to obstruct the flow of Western weapons to Ukraine by bombarding rail stations and other supply line targets across the country. Heavy fighting also raged at the steel mill in Mariupol that represented the last stronghold of Ukrainian resistance in the ruined southern port city. In baseball, the Yankees' 11-game winning streak came to an end. The Pinstripes lost to the Blue Jays 2-1. The Mets lost along with the Red Sox, Nationals, A's, and Giants. The Orioles won. In the NHL playoffs, the Rangers play Game 2 of their series against the Penguins. New York is coming off a Game 1 triple overtime loss. The Bruins lost to the Hurricanes 5-2. Carolina now leads the series two games to zip. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. Hope that Rangers goalie is rested. Thank you, Michael. It is coming up to 520 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. No rest for the markets after digesting the Fed's 50 basis point move and plans for more. Let's bring in Jennifer Lee, senior economist at BMO Capital Markets, as we continue to get reaction to the Fed decision. Jennifer, good morning. The uh, Fed delivered what the market was looking for, but will multiple 50 basis points be what inflation needs? Um, good morning. I think, uh, you know, I think what he said, which was, you know, uh, 50 basis points on the table over the next couple of meetings, um, my favorite word is just reasonable. Um, I can't see a 75 basis point rate hike right now. I don't think I ever took one seriously as uh, definitely not for yesterday. And if I may, if I may, by the way, just tell you what my conspiracy theorist in me okay. thought yesterday. I was thinking, well, first I thought, oh, unanimous. Even Mr. James, let's not rule out a 75 basis point rate hike because it's not my base case at this point, Bullard. So <laughs> the conspiracy theorist in me was thinking, you know, did they parade them out recently over the last week? And sort of plant the idea of 75 basis points into the market's head and then go ahead and only, and I say only using my air quotes here, only raise 50 basis points and sort of beating expectations and thus sparking the the rally what you saw in the stock market. So that's what I was thinking, but I think 50 basis points over the next uh, couple of meetings, um, I think at, at, you know, um, at a minimum. What's it going to do for growth to have front-loaded hikes like this? It is going to have, it already is starting to have that, um, wanted effect that aimed that that goal, which is to curb demand. You know, he's already said in in in, in previous um, press conferences and, and interviews that you know raising rates is not going to make um, supply chains clear up. Um, it won't make uh, you know widgets uh, being produced any faster or being shipped across the sea even faster. But it will be able to cool demand down enough to ease the pressure on supply chains. So I think that's what the that, that intended effect will be. Uh, Chairman Powell said that 75 basis points is something they're not actively considering, just to bring it back to that. Do we need to parse what actively means? <laughs> <laughs> I think he is not um, um, ignoring he's, – he's, he's keeping all of his options open. I, I think every single central banker out there is. These days they're going to have to because, you know, no one knows, what, you know, what lies around the corner, especially with, you know, inflation still remaining very, very high. Um, you know, it's, um, supply chains, again, no signs of of easing uh, meaningfully anytime soon. He's already brought up the fact that, you know, the Ukraine war and the China lockdowns are going to add to that inflation um, uh, pressure. And by using those two um, 
um, factors. Um, I think that sort of hedges his bets, maybe basically that it is possible. Wouldn't write it off, but uh, or sorry, wouldn't uh, completely ignore it. But um, you know, it's it's something that's not on the radar, but it could be you know beeping around on the background. Is there some debate for you about whether Fed policy is part of what's feeding into the inflationary pressures besides supply chains, the war in Ukraine and other exogenous factors? Uh, is, is Fed policy itself part of what's happening here? That's a good question. I think, you know, I think it, it, it probably was just given the fact that they took a little while longer to move. I'll put that politely. Um to raise rates by continuing last year to call it transitory and, you know, and he's admitted, you know, um, and I give him kudos for that. He's admitted that, you know, if, uh, if we knew now, or if we knew then what we knew now, you know, they would have gone a lot earlier. So I think that probably contributed somewhat to this higher rate of inflation. So now they're working to sort of, you know, rate that wrong or make up for lost time and, and sort of set up for more aggressive moves, you know, like the two, at least the two 50 basis point moves um, in the next uh, couple of meetings. About 30 seconds left here. What's a tighter Fed going to mean for the job market? We have, of course, the uh, April jobs report coming out tomorrow. Does it have any impact, the uh, April report, on what the Fed does from here? I think it already start, it's starting to. We are um, we're looking forward to about 380,000 uh, for April, possibly some downside risk, just given from what we saw. Um, ADP is always kind of wonky, but, you know, even the other ones, like the, the, the ISM surveys. So I think, you know, I've been saying this for months now, all this strong demand for jobs is just – not sustainable. You know, he was talking about nearly two jobs for every unemployed person yesterday, but I think as the economy slows, demand is going to cool, which is, again, the point of tighter monetary policy. You are going to start seeing that pullback in job demand. So I hope that anyone who's out on the sidelines, you know, um, and have multiple job offers, you know, I think they should, they've got to get back into that game soon. Great to have you with us this morning, Jennifer. Thanks so much. Jennifer Lee, Senior Economist at BMO Capital Markets with reaction after the Fed's 50 basis point increase. Keeping 75 off the table sparked a rally. Now futures are pulling back some. We have S&P futures down 30 points. Dow futures down 183. NASDAQ futures are lower by 108 points. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather, sunshine today with highs in the low 70s. Scattered showers return tomorrow, low 60s for highs. The rain will end Saturday afternoon. It'll be breezy and cool with a high near 55. Right now, 58. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130 to Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 991 to Boston. Bloomberg 1061 to San Francisco. Bloomberg 960 to the country. Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe, the Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. It's 5.30 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. We're just about four hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Let's get you up to date on the news you need to know at this hour. We're seeing a slight pullback in futures this morning. After yesterday's rally that followed a press conference from Federal Reserve Chair Jay Powell, Powell indicated a 75-point basis hike was not being considered for meetings in June and said he's committed to bringing down inflation. Inflation is much too high. And we understand the hardship it is causing. And we're moving expeditiously to bring it back down. We have both the tools we need and the resolve that it will take to restore price stability on behalf of American families and businesses. 
And Chair Jay Powell's comments came as the Fed hiked interest rates 50 basis points. And reaction is still coming in from many quarters, Karen. More on that in this live report from Bloomberg's John Tucker. John. Nathan, former Philadelphia Fed President Charles Plosser said Fed Chair Powell yesterday was trying to appease the markets and bigger rate increases should not be dismissed. I don't think he should have taken 75% off, 75 basis points off the table as many people have interpreted. I don't, I think they, they need to be still on the table, uh, and, uh, and that the Fed ought to have that option. Former Philly Fed President Charles Plosser. Another reaction from Scott Miner, the Chief Investment Officer at Guggenheim. He says going back to the 1930s, the Fed has never been able to reduce inflation by more than two and a half percentage points without inducing a recession. Live in New York, I'm John Tucker, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, John, thank you. In Europe, the Bank of England will also likely lift interest rates today to combat inflation. Back in Washington, Karen, the Senate Judiciary Committee is expected to approve legislation allowing the U.S. to sue OPEC for manipulating energy markets. It comes as OPEC and allies are expected to ratify a small increase in oil production. Well, sticking with oil, Nathan, Warren Buffett's increasing his bet on one energy company. And Bloomberg's Renita Young joins us live with the latest. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Karen. Berkshire Hathaway had already built up a roughly 14.6% holding of Occidental Petroleum's common stock. Now Buffett is snapping up about 5.9 million more shares of the oil giant. A filing shows shares were bought this week at prices ranging from about 56 to $58 a piece. And it's trading just above $61 this morning. Occidental was the best performing stock in the S&P 500 during the first quarter. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Renita, thank you. And futures again moving lower. S&P futures down 29 points. Dow futures down 170. And NASDAQ futures down 110. And straight ahead, your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. Thanks, Karen. 533 on Wall Street, 58 degrees in Central Park. A tractor-trailer accident has Old Country Road closed at the Meadowbrook Parkway in Nassau County. Details coming up in traffic. First, Michael Barr with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Michael. Thank you very much, Nathan. New York City police are looking for three suspects in the shooting deaths of two men in Midtown Manhattan. The shooting happened overnight at 37th and 9th Avenue. Meanwhile, a majority of New Yorkers say they disapprove of Mayor Eric Adams' handling of crime in the five boroughs, a reversal from three months ago. According to a new Quinnipiac University poll, 37% approve, while 54% disapprove. The fallout continues over the leak of a Supreme Court majority draft opinion from February, suggesting Roe v. Wade should be overturned. President Biden says more could be at stake if the landmark abortion ruling is struck down. Another cabinet member has tested positive for COVID. Secretary of State Antony Blinken is said to be experiencing mild symptoms. State Department spokesman Ned Price. He will quarantine uh, at home. He will follow CDC guidelines. Uh, I know he very much looks forward uh, to returning to the office, returning to his full schedule, and returning to the road just as soon as he is able to do so. Spokesman Ned Price says Blinken is fully vaccinated and boosted. An Alabama murder suspect and a corrections official are still on the run after they disappeared last Friday morning. The Lauderdale County Sheriff's Department has released surveillance video showing 56-year-old jail official Vicki White leaving the lockup with 38-year-old inmate Casey White. The two are not related but had what Sheriff Rick Singleton calls a special relationship. 
My message would be, Vicky, you've been in this business for 17 years. You've seen this scenario play out more than once, and you know how it always ends. Uh, go ahead and end it now. You know, get to, get to the phone, call 911, uh, turn yourself in. Sheriff Singleton says Vicki White had an unblemished record. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thanks, Michael. 535 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update with John Stashow. Right, Nathan, Yankees and Mets both off to such great starts, but both lost. The Yankees in Toronto 2-1. to one. That ends the 11-game winning streak. Yanks had only five hits. Blue Jays only had four. Aaron Boone not around for the end of the game. Ejected after really getting into it with plate umpire Marty Foster. The Yanks did not like some of his calls, especially in two of Aaron Judge's at-bats. Judge Len Boone do the arguing. Could, you know, get a little irate and maybe, you know, throw my helmet, say something to him after the fact, but there, there's no need. You know, we got a lot of ball game left to play, and I know I'm going to get another at bat, and, you know, me getting tossed and going to put somebody else at risk, if, you know, going in there, it's not ready, you know, so that's why we got a manager. Booney stuck up for us tonight, but we just couldn't get the job done. As for the Mets, they fell to Atlanta 9-2 to as the Braves got to Tyler. McGill scored seven runs in the sixth inning, McGill's first loss of the year, and the first series that the Mets have failed to win. They're in Philadelphia tonight. The Yankees are off. NBA playoffs, Phoenix shot 65%, beat Dallas by 20. Miami beat Philadelphia, so the Suns and Heat are up 2 nothing. Stanley Cup playoffs, Carolina went up 2 nothing on Boston. Tampa Bay, Minnesota, and Edmonton all won to tie their series at 1, and that's what the Rangers will look to do tonight. Game 2 at the Garden after the Penguins' Game 1 win in triple overtime. The NFL, before announcing its full schedule, announced the international games. The Giants learned they will take on Green Bay at Tottenham Stadium October 9th. Giants are 2-0 and in London. The Packers, the only team that has never played an international game. There are three in London, one in Mexico City, and for the first time ever, a game in Germany. That'll be Tampa Bay versus Seattle. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports, Nathan. Thanks, John. It's 537 on Wall Street. Time now for the Tri-State Business Report with Bloomberg's Ed Corey. Bill Ackman can build his glass penthouse atop an historic Manhattan co-op tower. The hedge fund manager faced initial opposition to the structure, but after revisions to address complaints about its visibility from the street, the Landmarks Preservation Commission has approved the project. New Jersey's ban on plastic and paper bags is in effect. ShopRite is charging a flat $1.50 per order for reusable bags. Instacart delivers four stores. It charges a flat bag fee. Whole Foods packs orders in reusable bags, which are currently free of charge. Cities and towns in Connecticut are getting the first round of checks from a surcharge on mini liquor bottles known as NIPs. Last October, the state placed a five-cent surcharge in the sale of alcohol bottles smaller than 50 milliliters. $1.8 million has been distributed to 163 towns and municipalities. That's your Bloomberg Tri-State Business Report. I'm Ed Corey. Thanks, Ed. It's 538 on Wall Street. Bloomberg Radio is on the air from San Francisco to New York, London to Hong Kong. Let's check in with our global news team for some of the top stories heard on our 300 affiliate radio stations around the world. I'm Steve Podisk on 1010 Winds in New York. We're talking about the gains being seen in construction job postings. I'm Courtney Donahoe on KRLD in Dallas. T-Mobile upping the battle for customers with a $500 rebate. I'm Lisa Mateo, and on KMOX in St. Louis, I'll be reporting on a new way to save on your Internet and cell phone bills. I'm Jeff Bellinger, and on WIOD in Miami, I'm reporting on the FAA's effort to smooth air traffic in Florida, which has become a weak link in the 
the national airspace. I'm Ed Corey on WWJ in Detroit. I'm reporting the financially struggling Fairlane Town Center in Dearborn has been sold. And those are some of the stories our 2,700 Bloomberg journalists and analysts are working on this morning around the world. It's 539 on Wall Street. The following is an editorial from Bloomberg Opinion. The European Union is striving to tighten sanctions on Russia by halting purchases of Russian oil. Now that Germany has withdrawn its earlier opposition, the proposed ban's prospects have improved. Germany's position is crucial because of its influence within the EU, the size of its economy, and its heavy dependence on Russian energy. Its change of heart on oil is welcome, but its efforts can and should go further. Specifically, it needs a plan to shut down imports of Russian gas. Despite what skeptics are telling Chancellor Olaf Scholz, it's feasible to halt German imports of Russian gas this year by increasing imports from elsewhere and reducing consumption. Given the will, the strain should be tolerable in the short term and more than rewarded in the long term. Schultz and his ministers would be wise to take the initiative now. This editorial was written by the Bloomberg Opinion Editorial Board. I'm David Shipley. For more Bloomberg Opinion, please go to Bloomberg.com opinion or OPN Go on the Bloomberg Terminal. This has been Bloomberg Opinion. And you can hear Bloomberg Opinion editorials every weekday at this time. Terminal customers can read more at OPIN Go. Seeing a pullback in futures after yesterday's rally, we have S&P futures now down 32 points. Dow futures down 181. NASDAQ futures are lower by 128. Points. Looking at the 10 year Treasury, it's down 530 seconds. The yield now at 2.95%. Yield on the two year, 2.68%. More on the market action following the Fed's decision. We'll be speaking next with Michael Hewson, Chief Market Analyst at CMC Markets. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather, sunshine and low 70s today. Scattered showers possible tomorrow, low 60s. We'll be in the mid-50s by Saturday with a breeze. Currently 58 in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. stock index futures are lower this morning. European stocks are climbing after the Federal Reserve raised interest rates as expected to tackle inflation while countering fears of supersized hikes. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. Right now, S&P futures are down about 29 points. Dow futures down 166. And NASDAQ futures down 116. The DAX in Germany is up one and a third percent. Ten-year Treasury down 430 seconds. Yield 2.95 percent. They yield on the two-year two. 0.67%. NYMEX crude oil is little change at $107.84 a barrel. COMEX gold is up 1.5% or $27.40 at 1896 an ounce. The euro 1.0596 against the dollar. British pound 1.2559. The yen is at 129.71. And Bitcoin this morning lower down about 9 tenths percent at $39,460. That's a Bloomberg business flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. Overnight, crews set up security fencing around the U.S. Supreme Court complex for demonstrations today. It comes amid tensions after this week's leak of a draft opinion that would likely overturn Roe v. Wade. There are new developments in the war in Ukraine nearing an 11th week. 
Russia appears to be targeting key infrastructure to stop the flow of military aid that has been coming into Ukraine. In baseball, the Yankees and Mets lost along with the Red Sox, Nationals, A's, and Giants. The Orioles won NHL playoffs. The Rangers play game two of their series against the Penguins tonight. The Bruins lost to the Hurricanes. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg Nathan. All right, Michael, thanks. It's uh, coming up to 549 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak, and we're very pleased to welcome back Michael Hewson this morning, Chief Market Analyst at CMC Markets. Michael, I don't know if you saw the uh, headline from the Daybreak function on the Bloomberg Terminal that just crossed a few minutes ago. You U.S. futures suffer Fed hangover. That was quite the rally yesterday after the market heard 75 is not on the table. Yeah, I think that's really the way you can probably um, frame it. I think that the bond markets were also caught out quite significantly by the uh, by this slightly less hawkish. I'm not going to say it was dovish because it wasn't a 50 basis point rate hike can never be considered dovish. But I think it was less hawkish than perhaps some of the worst fears that market participants had with respect to yesterday's meeting. And the fact of the matter is Powell is still potentially keeping on the table another 250 basis point rate hikes by September, as well as potentially another couple of 25 basis point hikes by the end of the year. So you're talking essentially putting the Fed funds rate back to 2.5% by year end against the backdrop of obviously um, running off the balance sheet and a very strong currency. And I don't hear an awful lot of people talking about the strength of the dollar, which is also likely to act as a little bit of a deflationary drag. But if the Fed gives the market what it's been pricing in at this point, what does that say for market volatility going forward? Are we expecting more of that? Absolutely. I mean, if you actually look at what markets have done over the course of the past six months, Really strong support on the S&P around about 4,100. Fairly decent resistance around about 4,600. And we've really been trading in that 500-point range pretty consistently since um, the end of January. Um, and I think that is likely to remain probably uh, the raison d'etre for the market. You look at the way the VIX has traded. Every time it's traded up towards 35, it's come back down. Every time it's traded below 20, it's come back up. And I would expect that to continue um, over the course of the next three to six months. Do you expect that uh, implementation of Fed policy is going to start to have an impact on where markets go from here? Or is it going to continue playing the expectations game and looking past whatever the Fed does? I think at the moment the Fed's played a very good game in terms of managing market expectations. Obviously, I think we could probably do with an awful lot less Fed speak. Um, I think the fact that the markets reacted the way they did Yesterday is a fairly positive theme, but, you know, I think it really depends on what Bullard comes out with at the weekend, perhaps. Maybe he starts to get his hawkish talons out and talk about the prospect of a 75 basis point rate hike. Personally, I doubt that. I think we'll get a good idea of what inflation might be doing next week. We've got CPI, PPI coming out next week. I think it's quite likely we could go for one last push higher before we start to come back down again. Um, that's, that's, that's my base case scenario in any case. But so as, as with anything with going on the global economy, who knows? We've got events yeah. in China to pass. We've got obviously 
events in Ukraine and Russia, and I don't think that they are going to ease any time soon. So I think no one's talking about China, and I think China is going to have a part to play in this, um, especially if they continue their zero COVID policy. So in our last 30 seconds here, Michael, do you see this as a bear market? Not quite yet. I think if we if we drop below the lows this year on the S&P, the NASDAQ, then potentially we could start to see a significant acceleration. I think what we're seeing at the moment, Nathan, is a consolidation from the record highs that we saw last year. We're essentially been trading sideways. If we break below the lower bound of these ranges that I've just been talking about, then we could yeah. see further weakness, I think. Thanks for this, Michael. Great having you back on with us. Michael Hewson, Chief Market Analyst at CMC Markets. Karen. All right, Nathan, thank you. It is 5.53 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Law Report. Let's get to the legal stories we're watching this morning from Bloomberg's Jeff Bellinger. Senator Tammy Baldwin called on senators to fast-track a House-passed bill aimed at preventing violence in the health care workplace. A federal judge in Maryland granted class action status to some Marriott guests whose personal information was compromised by a breach at Marriott's Starwood-branded hotels. Heirs to songwriter Hugo Peretti failed to convince the Second Circuit they had a right to reclaim the rights to the composition behind the Elvis Presley hit, Can't Help Falling in Love. Bloomberg Law. Everything you need, all on one legal research platform, including guidance, analysis, and Bloomberg Market Intelligence. Find out more at BloombergLaw.com. All right, Jeff, thank you. Now another legal story we're watching. The first opioid trial to target drug manufacturers, distributors, and pharmacies is taking place in a federal court in California. The city of San Francisco says opioid manufacturers Allergan and Teva, distributor Anda, and pharmacy giant Walgreens flooded the city's streets with prescription drugs, and it's suing over the toll opioids have taken on the city where one quarter of emergency room visits are the result of opioid-related issues. For more, Bloomberg's June Grosso speaks to health care Attorney Harry Nelson of Nelson Hardiman. Harry, San Francisco is using a public nuisance theory. What does it have to prove to make its case? So to prove a public nuisance, San Francisco has to prove that the three drug companies at issue, along with Walgreens Pharmacy, basically engaged in behavior that so harmed so many people in San Francisco and that they need to be essentially forced to pay for that harm. And the harm here that we're talking about, of course, is prescription opioids. And the claim is that these companies are responsible for having flooded San Francisco with prescription opioids and then failed to prevent them from being routed into the illegal market for misuse. San Francisco claims they aggressively marketed opioids to doctors as a risk-free panacea for all forms of pain. What's the line between aggressively marketing and just marketing? It's an interesting question. I think, you know, it's much easier when we talk about this question of where the line is on marketing to look at behavior from, for example, Purdue Pharma, where it was very clear that they were aware that the problem of overdoses and the addictiveness of the drug was causing problems, and they just kept marketing more aggressively and sort of building that issue into their marketing. It's a lot more fuzzy when you come to uh, companies like Walgreens or Allergan, Teva Pharmaceutical, where they were offering these drugs in the market. It's not clear what they did that was so unusual in that marketing. And frankly, I think that the city's going to have a very hard time showing that there was anything particularly distinctive about the way that these drugs were promoted that somehow ignored the risk associated with them. 
the defendants claim that they were sort of bit players in the opioid crisis, and they say the blame should be directed at Purdue, which has declared bankruptcy. I think it's a compelling argument. You know, the reality is that there were a lot of companies that manufactured and distributed, and in the case of the pharmacies, dispensed these drugs, but they are not all equal, right? Purdue Pharma made billions of dollars and orchestrated an aggressive campaign to manipulate how doctors and patients perceived the risk. There's not the same kind of evidence with regard to Allergan and Teva. These are companies that clearly had a business line devoted to pain medication, but there's no signs that I've seen to this point to suggest that they were somehow scheming to uh, hide the risks associated with these medicines or doing something to promote them more aggressively than all the other medications that they sell. I personally think that the city has an uphill battle in this case. And that's Harry Nelson of Nelson Hardeman speaking with Bloomberg's June Grasso. Catch more of that interview plus analysis of the latest legal news by listening to the Bloomberg Law Show at 10 p.m. Eastern Time or subscribing to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. And attorneys can find exceptional legal research and business development tools at BloombergLaw.com. Futures this morning are moving lower. S&P futures down 26 points, Dow futures down 140, and NASDAQ futures down 107. Ten-year Treasury down 4.30 seconds, yield 2.95%, and the yield on the two-year, 2.67%. And Nymex crude oil is up about two-tenths of a percent now. Still ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak, a check on the business headlines and all the news you need to start your day. And this is Bloomberg. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. What could you do if your data was working for you? and not against you. With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com enterprise data to learn more.